You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. I mentioned I'd be speaking today about the, this Shabbat about the Messianic Kingdom. This may be the first of two messages on it, or it may be, I'll put my water out of sight, or it may be, uh, <clears throat> it may be, we'll see what we get through today. But uh, this is such a beautiful subject, the Messianic Age or the Messianic Kingdom. And so, Abba, Father, speak to us through your word. Speak to us, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. It's, the scriptures are live and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the hearts. Lord, thank you for your word. We praise you for it. So speak to us by a Ruach HaKodesh in the name of our Messiah. Amen. The Amen. Well, two beautiful examples I thought I'd start out with about this messianic age and the messianic kingdom as children are looking forward to it. In a little while, we'll, I'm going to show you pictures from this book as well on the, uh, what will the world be like. But uh, these two examples of young children learning and preparing for the kingdom of God. And there was a rabbi who noticed one day a young boy playing with his ball. And he said, what are you doing uh, to the boy? And the boy said, well, I'm playing ball with God. And he said, ha, ha, that's humorous. How do you do that, he said. He said, well, I throw the ball up to God and he throws it back down to me. What a beautiful, he's preparing for the kingdom where we're actually going to be able to do things that you know, in his innocent mind, uh, is actually God throwing it back. And then there was a mother putting her daughter to bed. And uh, she said, and she's putting her young girl to bed, she says, honey, she says, don't forget to pray for grandma uh, that she might be able to grow very old with us. Why, asked the young girl. She said, wouldn't it be better to pray that God would make her young again? Well, that's exactly what the Lord will do. Did you know that? He's going to make us young again. And those that we love and that have gone on young again. So <clears throat> the messianic kingdom, and we'll give you the Hebrew phrase of it in a little, in a little while and a couple other uh, phrases, but it's really, as we understand it, a period on earth, as the scripture says, the period on earth where Yeshua, the Messiah, will actively rule as king right? Melech, king, Melech. That's why it's called the messianic kingdom. The king will rule in the total affairs of humankind, not tolerating injustice, not tolerating rebellion, and it will be for a duration of 1,000 years. Now, compare this, I was thinking, to empires, uh, you know, that are throughout history. We have uh, the Mesopotamian Mesopotamian Empire of about 250 years. The Egyptian, I believe, is about 500 years. Uh, the Assyrian Empire of 260 years. The Akkadian of 200 years. The Hittite. And uh, actually, I have a chart that someone made up here, and it's called the Histomap. It's 4,000 years of world history. Now, I kind of piece them together. And I know you can read this from wherever you are. Very legible. 
Can't you read that print? <laughs> Listen, you can't even read it here from my distance. But this is such a fascinating map, I thought. You know, don't you like to think all these civilizations and these, hist these, uh, these empires that have ruled and some have waned and, you know, and, uh, gone, and look how small, I don't know if you, you, I'm sure you can't see it, but the United States is only literally right here on the map, starts right there, and then, I should have someone helping me with this, starts right here and goes just to there. But it's pretty big right now. But you have regimes like, uh, or empires like uh, the Babylonian Empire and the Persian and the Roman and the Chinese Empire, the emperor. Now, is China going to get larger? Well, we're not going to talk about get larger than us. But um, this kingdom that we're talking about today, the Messianic kingdom, is going to be over the region of the entire earth, the entire earth, from sea to sea, and headquartered, Maybe you didn't notice, it's going to be headquartered in New York City. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I meant Brussels. No, 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 okay. Mistake again. London. No, okay. Where will it be headquartered? Jerusalem. That's <laughs> right, in Jerusalem. As much as I love Tel Aviv, it's going to be headquartered in Jerusalem, the eternal city. And God will by no means rule the earth alone. Did you know that? He will delegate authority and responsibility to many others. Guess what? Guess to who? To his faithful Kiddushim. Kiddushim is the word for saints in the Bible, God's holy ones. Not holy because we're perfect, not holy because we're sinless, holy because of the blood, Dam HaMashiach, the blood of the Messiah, the blood of Yeshua, that he has made us white, he made us uh, holy through his blood and washed us from our sins in Revelation 1.5 in his own blood. And so he is going to delegate this responsibility and authority uh, over cities, it says many different cities, not Jerusalem necessarily, but many different cities. It's, the earth is going to be inhabited. And this is, these are in verses, I'll give you the references, would be Matthew 19.28, Luke 19.17, and 1 Corinthians 6.2. Paul says, don't you know that the Kiddushim, the saints are going to rule uh, over the world, are going to uh, um, uh, uh, actually make decisions over the world? And so that's what's going to happen. Um, Yeshua mentions this prior to his departure for heaven, after his resurrection, when he says in Acts chapter 1, it says, now while staying with them during this 40-day period, uh, when he appeared to them and spoke about the kingdom of God, Acts 1-3, uh, when he, they gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel? Israel, to our friends that don't, think that there's any future for Israel, that it ended in the first century and that, that what's happening today has nothing to do with the Bible. I can't imagine thinking that. But sadly, many people, that's what they're taught and that's, what they, that's all they understand. But he said, they, he, he's asked, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? And he said to them, it's not your place to know the times or the seasons which the Father, Avinu, our Father, has placed under his own control. He is in control, and God's times, my times, you're even our times in Psalm 31, uh, 31, 15, my times are in your hand. Our times are in God's hand. He will determine. In other words, they're asking, will you begin, Yeshua, Jesus, will you begin your reign just like the prophets forecast, a reign that's greater than in the days of David and Solomon? Are you about to start it now? This will be 
the messianic kingdom, the messianic age, or the millennium, for 1,000 years. And I love Daniel's description. We're going to start there in Daniel chapter 2. I just love Daniel. Ooh, such a meaty book, you know? Uh, and he, in Daniel, the end of Daniel chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, it says, Now in the days of those kings, you've you got to read the whole thing when you, you know, on your own, read it in the whole chapter. But in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, Malchut, a kingdom, that will never be destroyed. Nor will this kingdom be left to another people. It will crush and bring to an end all these kingdoms, and we, many believe it's the kingdoms of Babylonia and Persia, Media Persia and all these empires, the Greek, but it will endure forever. For just as you saw a stone, this was his vision, a stone cut out of a mountain, yet not by hands, this is a God stone, crush the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold, the statue that he saw in the vision, the great God has made known to the king what will happen in the future. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 and 18. I was watching in the night visions, Daniel says. Behold, one like a son of man. Hmm, that sounds like someone we might know. The Ben Adam, the son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. And that sounds just like John saw in Revelation chapter 1. He approached the Ancient of Days and was brought into his presence. Dominion, glory, and sovereignty were given to him that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Wow, what a, what a vision. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away. And his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. But the Kiddushim, here it is, the saints, the holy ones of the Most High, will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, yes, forever and ever. Again, the verses we mentioned before, don't you know the saints are going to judge or rule the world? Uh, Matthew 19, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 2, and Matthew 19, 28, the faithful will sit with Yeshua on his throne, judging the 12 tribes of Israel, he said. They will inherit 100 times as much as they left to follow him. That's what Yeshua promised his disciples. I'll give you, you'll have 100 times as much. That's a lot. Wow. How is that going to happen? Interesting. Or faithful ruling over cities, some 10 cities, some 5 cities in Luke 19, 17. Now, when Daniel uses that phrase, everlasting and forever, and by the way, it's in Aramaic, so the words might look a little different than Hebrew. In that, it is, in that, uh, this kingdom, he's meaning, is set up in the very world where the enemy powers have exercised their dominion for centuries, blinding the minds of those that believe not. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and, uh, and the accuser of the, of the brethren, uh, he's, he's going to set up his kingdom in that very area, that very domain, and it will never be superseded by any other power ever again. So God's ways, I want you to think about this kingdom. I, and really want you to think about something that uh, I, I, I it was very much in my mind and heart the other day when I was praying and driving. Sometimes you're driving alone and you get the, the you know, certain things triggers and then you get the thought and you start to follow it up. God's ways are drastically different from our ways. Would you agree? Sounds like Isaiah 55. Isaiah said that, right? And... And uh, 
God's ways are drastically different from our ways and his new world will be drastically different, drastically different from this one. Things will be reversed. Upside down and inside out. The least will be the greatest. Those forgotten and unnoticed here will be recognized and exalted there. Let me give you some passages on that. Matthew 19.30, Yeshua said, but many who are first will be last, and the last first. Or in 2016 of Matthew, so the last will be first, he said, and the first lasts. Or in 2131, Yeshua said to them, Amen, I tell you, that means you can bank on this, you can count on this, true, certain, I will tell you, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going ahead of you into the kingdom of God. Now, he didn't mean because their sin is getting them there, but because they were receptive and were willing to change, to let him change them when they came into the presence of God's love and God's power. And, 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 and he said, they're going to get make it way ahead of you because they're responsive to me. They know they have a need. Mark 10, 31, but many who are first will be last. And the last first says it again in the Gospels there. It's recorded by Mark. It's recorded in Luke, Luke 13, 29 and 30. And they will come from the east and from the west, and from the north, and from the south, and they will recline at table in the kingdom of God. Wow, here's a big meal. What kind of food can you imagine? With him, with, it says, with, uh, it says let's see, the recline at table in the kingdom of God, and indeed some are last who shall be first, and some are first who shall be last. Isaiah 60 verse 22 says, the smallest will become a thousand and the least a mighty nation. Hmm, what does that mean? That's going to be incredible. I think of David, and I know you do too, of David in 1 Samuel 16, where he was entirely overlooked by Samuel initially and by his father, but not by God. In 1 Samuel 16, we read when uh, God tells Samuel when he's sending him, I have selected to Shmuel, he says, I have selected for myself a king among his sons, Jesse's sons, he's referring to. And upon their arrival, it says, he saw Eliab and thought, this is the oldest of, um, of uh, the sons of Jesse, and he thought, surely Adonai's anointed, is, anointed one is before him. This is the guy, this is the next king. But Adon this is the king. But Adonai said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have already refused him. For he does not see as, a man, as man sees. For man looks at what? You know the phrase? The outward appearance, but the Lord looks what? On the heart, into the heart. Then Samuel said to Je asked Jesse, after seeing all his, uh, I believe there's seven sons there, or eight, seven sons, he says all his seven, I believe it's all his sons, he says, are these all the boys that you have? And Jesse said, well, oh gosh, now to think of it, now that you mention it, there is the youngest, but he's uh, out with the sheep. He's tending, care, taking care of the sheep. He didn't even think of David. Didn't even think about David in the selection. And the Lord said, arise <laughs> to Samuel, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Wow, 
the kingdom of God, folks, is going to be very vastly different from this one. Things will be in reverse. Things will be upside down and inside out. They really will. And so a caution to us and a lesson, a, a lesson to each one of us, be careful who you pander to and who you ignore. They may be just the opposite of who God does. Think about it. We gravitate toward someone that's popular, or the celebrities, oh, they're so important. God, it's going to be so different up there, isn't it? And not only up there, but in the kingdom of God. So the messianic kingdom, what's it going to be like? Well, here's a book I mentioned, and I can't read this to you. It's a storybook. It's for children. It's so good. What will the world be like? But let's look at a few of these, mention a few of these. It says, we know that when Mashiach comes, Messiah is Mashiach, the world will be peaceful and good. Everyone will be kind and nice. Dad, Dad is teaching his daughter, reading to his daughter, and always do what they should. Everyone will be kind and nice and always do what they should. Will there be robbers? Sarah asked, no robbers, no guns, and no wars. Nothing to be afraid of. We won't need locks for the doors. Hooray, said Sarah. What about me? Will I ever fight with a friend? Never, said Abba happily. All kinds of fighting will end. Uh, he says, nobody will be jealous or want to have more than others. We'll want, we'll want, to have every, want everyone to have nice things, our friends, our sisters, and brothers. All our food, said Abba, will grow to be delicious. The fruits will be so very big, they won't fit on our dishes. <laughs> Cute, no? And then, next one. Uh, no one will be sick or suffer. No one will have any pain. Boo-boos and cuts will disappear and never be seen again. Isn't that great? This is, these are beautiful pictures. We'll meet Avraham Avinu, Abraham our father. Yitzchak and Yaakov too, Isaac and Jacob too. Sarah, Rivka, Rachel and Leah, our mothers will all greet you. Your Zadie, your grandpa, your granddad will come back, Abba said, and everyone that we miss. Sarah jumped up and down with joy. My Zadie will get a big kiss. Didn't know you were going to get a bedtime story today. We'll see the third Beit Hamikdash, the third temple, before our very eyes. It will be bright and beautiful and come down from the skies. Well, I'll good talk about that. Everybody, young and old, will know Hashem or the Lord, the name of God. Hashem is used for the name. Know Hashem or God. We will know Hashem is the King, and all people will thank Him for creating everything. How beautiful! Everyone will know the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. Everyone will know the Lord from the least to the greatest. I'm getting my suitcase, Sarah exclaimed. Please help me and hold my chair steady because Abba, when Mashiach arrives, I want to make sure that I'm ready. <laughs> and so we have a, a beautiful story. What's going to happen in, the world, in this messianic kingdom? We mentioned last week seven characteristics of the Messiah, uh, which Harry A. Ironside of Moody Bible Church, many years ago in 19, not that many, but 1940, I love it because he wrote this in this book, 1940, and was so adamant about the rebirth of Israel before it ever took place. 
and he was just right in the face of those that said, oh, Israel's never, they're scattered, they're never going to be gathered again, God's finished with the Jews. He stated it so clear in the first uh, characteristic mentions of, of the Messianic kingdom, I've added a few more in here by this list, by the way, but is the regeneration of Israel. I spoke about that last week, of course, the rebirth of Israel, who will become a blessing to the earth, he says, and we, the Bible says. In Isaiah 60 and 61, and Jeremiah 31 and Zechariah 14, with Jerusalem, of course, as the great spiritual center of the world to which the nations will come. Isaiah 2 describes it will come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house will stand firm as head of the mountains and will be exalted above the hills so that all the nations will flow into it. Wow. Can you imagine? Isn't that going to be amazing? Then many peoples will go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Why? And he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. They'll say, we want to learn from the Lord. We're hungry for hearing from God's mouth, hearing his word to grow and so that we can learn how to walk with him and in his ways. For the Torah will go forth, the instruction from Mount Zion, from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, it says, Isaiah says. Ezekiel 37, remember the story of the dry bones of Ezekiel? There were those stages, the dry bones come together, uh, Ezekiel saw, the, the, and then the tendons come on, the, uh, on the, the dry bones, the bones come together, then the tendons and the skin covers them, and then they were, but it says they weren't alive, Ezekiel said. He saw it, he said, oh, but they're not alive. They're still just together. Just, it's just bodies together. But then, the, 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 there's because there's no breath. Then the breath, the spirit, remember, ruach, say ruach, right? Ruach, come ruach. The ruach comes, uh, the spirit of God, breath enters them, and they live, and they're awesomely, I translate them from the Hebrew, it's, they're awesomely huge and strong. So there's a, a mighty, a mighty people, mighty people. That's the first uh, characteristic of the kingdom: the this, the rejuvenation, the rebirth of Israel, and the the, the life. The war, uh, there'll be a warless world. The warless world. A second thing, uh, <clears throat> Isaiah two says he will judge between the nations and decide for many people. Yeshua spoke about that, of course, in Matthew twenty four. That the, there'll be wars and everything until this time. They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, nor will they learn war anymore. Isaiah 11.9, that's chapter 2, 11.9, says they will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. Micah 4.4 4 says, with no one causing terror, no terrorism, no terror, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. So international conflicts will still occur, but nations will no longer resolve them through warfare. Instead, nations will submit to arbitration at Mount Zion. The temple will become the headquarters of a divine security council with a membership of one, <laughs> as someone said. That's right. God will make the decisions, and that's it. No warfare. Another point, another third thing, poverty will be abolished. Imagine it, poverty abolished. Micah 4.4, 4, each man will sit under his own, his vine and under his fig tree. 
There'll be no homelessness. There'll be an incredible agricultural productivity in Amos 9.13. Behold, the days are coming, it says the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the one treading grapes, the one sowing seed. Wow. The mountains will drip sweet wine and all the hills will melt over. So there'll be a surplus and an overabundance of agricultural produce. No one hungry. None of that. The produce will be so abundant that the harvesting, Amos says, will continue through the time of planting new seeds. Another aspect of this kingdom, this messianic kingdom, changed conditions in the lower creation. Isaiah 65, 25, the wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion and the, will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. Isaiah 11, the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the kid. The cow, um, sorry, the calf and the young lion will, uh, and the yearling together and a little child will lead them the cow and the bear will graze their young ones lie down together and the lion will eat straw like an ox a nursing child will play by a cobra's hole and a weaned child will put his hand into a viper's den wow children completely safe from danger no more predators, whether they're not just animals or no more human predators, thank God. And no more victims. This is going to be an amazing, amazing uh, aspect. I saw someone, a picture of a child who was raised with, a, it was either a boa constrictor or a python, an enormous snake, but he was raised, this girl was raised with the snake, and so now the, the snake was actually much heavier than her, uh, and he's, but he's so just, you know, able to, to I, now, don't get me near snakes. I'm like Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, you know no, no snakes for me. But, uh, but you know, this girl, the girl is actually like a pet for the girl. Now, you can't, that's a rare occurrence, but there in the kingdom, can you imagine? It's not going to be rare. It's going to be no danger, no fear for our children being harmed by these. And uh, I believe our dear uh, sister, Mary, my wife mentioned, she said she t said she had some sort of a vision, or maybe recently, or dream, maybe a dream, uh, and her husband, our dear, 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 dear brother, uh, Rob, uh, who went to be with the Lord, she saw him with a lion, and uh, he was a peaceable lion. And we all know, and I'm sorry if I'm doing, I'm totally doing it injustice, because such, I, you know, and maybe she'll share it sometime if God leads her, but... Uh, we all know, I, I know, I, I don't read a lot of novels, but how many have read, raise your hand over the internet if you, <laughs> if you can, if you read The Chronicles of Narnia by uh, C.S. Lewis, all those, the team here, the beautiful team here, have read, many have read, and I, those books, Aslan, there's nothing like C.S. Lewis paints Aslan as a picture of Yeshua. I mean, he's such a, such a perfect, there's no better, uh, picture of him, him as the lion of the tribe of Judah, as the lion who is compassionate, mighty, and strong. But, um, but uh, anyway, what a beautiful picture. So it's going to be like that there. Um, and there'll be no sickness or disease. It will practically disappear uh, from the earth at that time. Um, it, there might be some forms of it because of sin, if there's disobedience, if, you know, but, but there's going to, but it's 
practically during that time, heaven, it won't be exist at all, but it will probably to almost totally disappear from the earth. Isaiah 33, 24, that says, no inhabitant will say, I am sick. Can you imagine that? Zechariah 14, for those who obey the word, no sickness, no, no diseases, no more COVID-19, no more flu or heart disease or cancer or diabetes or mental illness or any kind of sickness at all, horrible uh, sicknesses. And death will no longer be prevalent, but inflicted only judicially. In Isaiah 65, we, we read, the people will live actually very long lives, live to long ages, so many believe it will be like gone Eden before the flood, before the flood came, or, or, or before the flood came of Noah, of Noah. And Isaiah 65, 20, no longer will there be an, in, in, an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the youth will die at a, a hundred years, but one who misses the mark of a hundred must be accursed. That would be a ex total exception. I, we were listening to, uh, my wife and I, uh, uh, a little broad podcast uh, story of, uh, of, of, a young, of a couple, a young couple that were living, are living in New York City throughout the COVID uh, you know, situation, the corona villain, as again, I prefer to call it. And this young couple, uh, Joe Newman and Anita Sampson. Uh, Joe Newman, they're, they're a couple together. Um, Joe is 107 years old. And uh, Anita is 100 years old, and they were a little. She was a little sad because they couldn't celebrate her 100th birthday, of course, with a with a, a, a you know group together. But they were so beautiful, uh, you know. And um, and it's it, it was it's a true story. They're actually that age. He was even driving till just recently. So watch out. Uh, but he said he decided because of not wanting to be a danger to others, he'd stop driving. <laughs> he didn't have to. But uh, what a beautiful couple. Um, and she said, you know, because they're not married yet, she, you know, they're, but they're, you know, being with each other a lot, hanging around together. And he said, she said, do you love me? And he said, I guess I do. <laughs> no pretense at that age, you know. <laughs> I guess I do, actually. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a beautiful story. But what is going to? It's going to be an amazing situation, you know. There'll be an astronomical birth rate, according to Isaiah sixty-five twenty-five. The smallest will become a thousand, and the least a mighty nation. Now, why is all this possible? Well, one of the reasons is during this thousand-year period, Satan, Ha-Satan, the adversary, is what Satan means, Ha-Satan, the adversary, the one opposed to God, opposed to all that, all that and who rules, has not, not rules, but has so much power in the earth uh, in these days and causes so much havoc, uh, the accuser of the brethren, the liar, the, in John 8.44, in Revelation 12.9, many by Second Corinthians deceives the world, blinds the minds, in Second Corinthians 4.4, and this adversary, uh, will no longer have any power to deceive the nations. Why? Because in Revelation 20, verses 2 through 4, this ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, Diabolos is the, is the deceiver, and he, he says he's bound for a thousand years. And he also threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. That's why it's going to be no, there's going to be no tempting devil, deceiver. And righteousness and justice will be everywhere triumphant, everywhere triumphant in the kingdom. 
Isaiah 32 mentions, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. That's Yeshua. And princes will rule in justice. Many under him ruling. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness will abide in the garden. The result of righteousness will be shalom, peace, wholeness, health, and the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. Imagine it. Will there be stress in that one thousand, during that period? No, there won't. No one honking their horn at you because you got distracted at the, when the traffic light turned green. Uh, no one honking their horn because they wanted to get in front of you and being nasty. No, there'll be no stress, no sleepless nights. It's going to be an amazing time. Quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in a peaceful place, in secure dwellings, quiet resting places. Jeremiah thirty-three fifteen. in those days at that time, I will cause a branch of righteousness to spring up for David and he will execute justice and righteousness in the land. And I th I'm going to probably finish, I think I'll finish with this and do a second part next week, but uh, I'll do a little bit more and then we'll go into it more next week. But you know what? The weight, this is probably the greatest thing to me I, I put, I have to add in. The weight of God's presence will be Everywhere. Everywhere, just like we talked about it was tonight, brought in the weight of God's presence and is, not sorry, tonight, this, this morning, this morning on Shabbat, just like the weight of God's presence will be everywhere. The earth will be filled with the knowing, Habakkuk says, the knowing of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let me repeat that again. The earth will be filled with the knowledge or the knowing of the glory, kavod Adonai, the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isaiah 11.9 says the same thing, so it's twice in the prophets. Just as there's no place in the sea without water, there will be no place on the earth that is not filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Can you imagine that? No dark places. No dark spots in a city or a land full of idols. You can't go to a, a city or I know some of you have traveled like I have a little bit to other countries and where there's so much darkness because of so much idolatry and so many false gods and people that don't know the true living God, the God of Israel, the living one and true God and Yeshua, Jesus, his Messiah, his son, his Messiah. And there'll be no darkness. God's presence will be everywhere. Everyone will be able to know the Lord and, and aware of that. There'll be no blindness. Uh, it will come to pass that before they call, God says, I will answer before you call. And while they are speak, still speaking, I will heal. I will hear, rather. All this, folks, before God closes up the history of this world and then following that messianic kingdom will come the new heavens and the new earth, the heavenly holy city, the new Jerusalem, Yerushalayim Chadashah. It's going to be amazing. It's amazing. Uh, can you imagine the musical skill and talent that is going to come to the glory of God that's going to be there. I think there'll be probably scales that we've never heard and harmonies and that don't even know that existed and octaves and it's everything. Can you imagine what God will, will have, what will be in this messianic kingdom? Well, we'll continue it with the second part next Shabbat. But Lord, thank you. We look forward to being with you. We thank you, Lord, and that we're going to, we have look forward to an amazing time with you, God. And we pray that we would be like 
Sarah in this beautiful story preparing, preparing our suitcase, getting our suitcase. Let me show that picture again, that last picture. Uh, everyone knowing Hashem, here it is. Look, she's got her suitcase ready, her suitcase ready, because she says, I want to be ready for when the Lord comes, for when I can go into, be with Him. I want to be sure ready to, to meet the Lord. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready? Are you going to be in that kingdom? Are you going to be uh, a, a one who will, if you're a believer, are you making, preparing your, 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 your life, living in such a way that you'll be one of the ones that will be given responsibility and authority to reign over cities with him? He wants you to be. And things will be reversed there. Things will be reversed. So, Lord, help us to be prepared by living a, a, a life that glorifies you even now, Lord, by living a life that honors you that puts others, puts you first, and others, uh, thinks of others, not just ourselves, God. Forgive us for when we haven't. Forgive us when we've been self-centered and not self-sacrificing. Thank you, Lord. Help us to live in such a way that we're ready for, have our suitcase ready to meet you and for that wonderful kingdom, messianic kingdom that is coming. If you've never trusted Yeshua, would you invite him into your life? Would you say, Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be a part of your people. And I invite Yeshua, Jesus. Yeshua is his Hebrew name. I invite Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord, into my life. Thank you for, for paying for my sins, for dying to atone for me that I could have forgiveness and a new life and a new start. Yes, you have to humble yourself. The first will be last and the last first. Yes, I had to do it. You have to do it. Everyone has to humble themselves to, to enter the kingdom of God, to be like a child, like Yeshua said. And if you are praying to ask him into your life, to trust him, would you contact us and let us know how we can help you so we can help you and correspond with you? Yisa Adonai Panavelecha, Viasem Lecha Shalom, Beshem Yeshua Hamashiach, Sar Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face towards you and grant you his shalom. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen, the amen. Shabbat shalom. Have a great Shabbat and a Shavuot Tov, a good week. God bless you.